Welcome, Defenders fans, to the Department of Defense. This is the Dodd Pod, your for the fans, by the fans, source for DC Defenders discussion and around the XFL intel, guaranteed in less than 30 minutes. I'm DR. And I'm Austin. It's 2020, a new year, new podcast, and a brand new football league. The XFL has rules. Who would have thought? <laughs> We're here for the Dodd Pod episode two, less stall, more ball. All about the newly released XFL rules. Austin is podcasting goes best with a beer. This episode, we're drinking More News at 11, a double New England IPA from Trapezium Brewing Company in Petersburg, Virginia. News at 11, Austin, what's the beer report? This is one of the most solid double New England IPAs I've had. I'm not normally super high on double IPAs, but I gave this a 4.5 on Untapped. It's super light and beyond smooth, and it's going down pretty easy, and it's perfect for a podcast. What about you? <laughs> Indeed, perfect for a podcast. Um, hit hit the brewery earlier this evening and uh, had to get a crowler to go. Um, it It is indeed delicious. Um, I had it somewhere between a 4.25 and a 4.5. Um, the, the buzz term among beer drinkers of, of mouthfeel, but this really does have sort of a, a full mouthfeel. Um, it's, it's a chewable beer, uh, which may not sound good to some, but does sound good to me. Sort of a, a, a nutty flavor. Um, really, really delicious. I have to say New England IPA, uh, commendations to trapezium down in Petersburg. Get the chance. Uh, I've had many, many beers from there. I think this may be my favorite. Um, good, good stuff. And 11%, hence the name news, 11 and 11%, uh, double IPA, borderline triple. Um, but cheers, cheers to that. Austin, we're, we're talking about rules. The XFL has rules. It's sort of unbelievable. Um, we're, we want to talk about our favorites, our, our top five um, of the 15 rules. Um, so go ahead and you you kick it off. What What's your top rule, the rule you think is the most impactful kicking off the year? The thing that I think is going to be the biggest for the league as a whole is the point after touchdown play. And I like that it's not going to be you just kick a field goal right down the middle of the field. If any kicker at the professional level knocks that in with ease, you would, you would hope and you would think. What's cool about it is they're making it, you can go for pretty much as many points as you want. You can go for one, two, or three, depending on where you want to put it. So, for example, after you score a touchdown, you can run a play from the two, the five, or the ten with one, two, or three points respectively. And the team must run an offensive play, no kicking plays allowed. So there is literally... You cannot kick an extra point anymore. You have to go for it. And I think that's going to make that play worth watching because me going to a lot of football games, my team scores a touchdown, someone scores a touchdown, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'm going (laughs) when the extra point's happening because he's going to make it. I'm not super excited about that. So I am excited to see what that has to bring to the league. And as a whole, I think fans should be excited about that as well. What about you? Well, first I'll say, as you, as you say that, you bring up a great point. The The great critique of the league, maybe in its early stages, is going to be, when do I go to the bathroom? Yes. Um, it's going to be it's going to be tough with the, the action-packed XFL, uh, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, I also had the point after touchdown as my, as my number one. Um, I think it's the most interesting, the most innovative, the most different. Um, you know, you look at it, uh, I had heard, we had heard rumors early on that it was going to be uh, the two and the three in the 10-yard line, which sounded weird. Uh, but I was glad to see in the final version it was the two, the five, and the 10 for one, two, and three points respectively. Uh, 
you know, the idea that a team could score nine points in a possession, it makes every game feel closer. An 18-point game is a two-possession game really different from, yeah. you know, traditional football we've known it. And I think, I think that makes the game more exciting. It gives fans a reason to stay engaged, mm-hmm. even if things go a little haywire in the early part of the game. Um, and I think it's going to be indicative of the fact that there's going to be more scoring um, and that's I think that's fun for fans. Yeah, and hopefully that'll keep fans from heading to the exits early because, like you said, an 18-point game is a two-possession game. Yep. So it's not over until the clock runs out in the XFL, which yep. I'm really excited about. Exactly. And given some of the rules that we'll talk about later, that's even more so the case than what, that what you expect. Um, at number two, what did you have? Number two, I went with overtime. And overtime, if you like it or not, it is controversial in the NFL. A lot of people complain about it. It's not perfect. It's hard to make it perfect, but... The XFL might have found the best overall overtime in football, in my opinion. So any hockey or soccer fans, it's going to be set up just like a shootout. It's going to be a best of five, but the offense will run one play. They will run one play from the five-yard line, and you get one chance to score. If you score, you get two points. It's that simple. It's going to make overtime really exciting. This past weekend... I'm sure y'all were watching as y'all are football fans. There were two games that went two overtime in the NFL playoffs. It's not the best way to decide to see who moves on, especially in a playoff round. This guarantees no ties. I think it's going to be really, really exciting to watch, and hopefully we have a few overtime games. So what's your thoughts on that? Austin, you're, you're very diplomatic. Not the best. It's not the best. It's the worst. Yes. The NFL system <laughs> is the absolute worst in all of sports, collegiate sports, professional sports. It's the worst overtime. It's nothing like actual football. I realize that they go the length of the field like actual football, but the thought that only one team could potentially get the ball if they score a touchdown doesn't make any sense. So we're going to flip a coin and we're going to say, okay, uh, one of these teams is going to get to put its offense on the field and the other its defense. That may or may not be its best or worst part of its team. Mm. It's not at all representative. It'd be like saying basketball, we're going to do a jump ball (laughs) and the first team to score wins. Yeah. It's, it's a bad, bad, flawed system. It's no good, especially when you get to the playoffs. And we, we saw that happen uh, just last week. And it, it, was, it was painful to watch. I felt for teams involved, it's just a poor system. I'm so happy that the XFL has improved upon this rule. I have that third on my list rather than second. Uh, at the second spot, I had the double forward pass. That just sounds cool. The double forward pass. The XFL, uh, just what an incredible rule. And I, I think about risk management, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a buzzword in every industry. Everybody talks about it. But for a football coach, many of whom are risk-averse, uh, the double forward pass alleviates the risk of the backwards pass, the potential fumble, which is a huge deterrent. And I think, you know, folks trying trick plays, you don't want to try a trick play because you don't want to look a fool. You don't want to turn the ball over necessarily, right? Taking care of the football is the most important thing, arguably, in the entire game. And so to see coaches be able to open up the playbook a little bit and throw a slightly forward pass behind the line of scrimmage and then allow a potential skilled player, a guy who maybe is a receiver who's got great speed, but who also maybe played quarterback in high school, mm-hmm. to unload downfield, it changes the way the defense can defend because they, they can't all of a sudden stop playing pass coverage right. just because a pass has been thrown. Yeah. Um, so it opens up the potential both for that skilled player to be able to run or throw as long as he hasn't crossed the line of scrimmage. I think it's going to involve some really innovative play calling, and I'm really excited about that rule. Did you have that in your top your top echelon there? Yeah, that was that actually falls perfectly in line because that was my number three. Okay, so wow, we had the same top we, three. We can keep that going. Um, I don't envy the coaches having to 
make a playbook right now. Do I mean this is brand new football. This is going to be exciting. So we're going to see some stuff that we haven't seen before. And the double forward pass, like you said, is going to be super exciting and it's going to be fun to watch because you can take a risk and if it doesn't pan out, guess what? It's incomplete. You don't have to worry about that fumble as long as it's slightly forward, like you said. So with the other skill players, like you said, could have played quarterback in high school, college, have other athletic backgrounds, could just be stellar athletes. We don't don't be surprised if you see somebody throw a forty five yard touchdown that does not play quarterback. So I'm excited for that. So what's next on your list? Well, next next on my list, I actually have, and I think this is going to surprise some people, uh, but I have the punt as the next rule. I've heard many people say they didn't like the punting rule. They're taking punting out of the game, um, but I, I don't I don't feel that way. If anything, I think it, it's going to make the game more exciting. I think because you can't kick the coffin corner. The, note, the thought that that's going to come back out to the 35-yard line. Um, you know, we're going to have a chance to see punt returns. From, an, from a D.C. defender's perspective, I'm really excited. We have an abundance of guys on the roster who were elite, elite punt returners and mm-hmm. kick returners at many different levels, drafted a ton of speed. And as I've talked about, you've seen my Twitter posts, uh, you know, we have multiple guys with 4-4 or sub-4-4 speed um, at running back and wide receiver. I think that's really going to come into play in the return game. Um, the disincentive uh, of kicking the ball out of bounds, um, it really, I think, is going to play into the hands of this defender's team. Um, the fact that the punting team can't release past the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked, um, it, I, it sets things up to have some exciting punt return plays. I put that in my top five. I think that would maybe not be in everybody's top five, but I think about, you know, watching some of the great, you know, great punt returners. Devin Hester comes to Devin, mind. Devin Hester certainly comes to mind. It's electrifying to watch a great punt returner. There's maybe nothing more exciting than the raw speed that you see there. And so for a team that's put together a lot of guys with this kind of speed, um, sort of elite, you know, track star level, uh, you know, speed off the line, it's exciting to think about who are we going to put back there? Could we put more than one guy back there? Are we going to see, you know, what type of creative plays are we going to see um, in the kicking game? No, yeah, so yeah, going along with that, not only is it going to be exciting since they're going to have more free space to run, but the XFL is also doing a great job of taking the extra step to try to limit injuries, and I think holding the kicking teams until the ball is kicked or anything like that is going to limit head injuries, and that's super important because you don't want to play football and have it completely change your life. You're playing because you love the game, we don't want any injuries in the XFL. I tip my hat to y'all. Y'all have done a great job with trying to make rules to change that, and I can't wait to see how that pans out. All right, so next on my list, I had the comeback period, and that's not really a term we've heard in any other type of football. I saw that pop up when I was reading the rules. I was like, comeback period, and I read it, and it's pretty cool. It occurs after the two-minute warning in each half, and what it does, no matter what kind of play is run, Normally, you know, the NFL, if you run a play up the middle, guy gets stopped, and that clock is winding. But under two minutes, the clock will stop. And what that does is when you watch football, the end of a first half can be really, really big, especially say you're down by two scores and you get the ball at the start of the second half. You get in the end zone right there, you got a shot to tie it coming out of the locker room, which is obviously a much bigger advantage than it would be. So that gives the offensive team more of a chance to play comeback before the half is over and also at the end of the game, which I think is going to be exciting. So the clock will stop 
It'll give the teams and the coaches enough time to call a play, set themselves up, not have to really go through a full two-minute style offense. I think it's going to – coaches are going to have a big impact in the XFL, and play calling is going to be big, and this rule really will play in a coach who game plans well and has good plays up his sleeve. So what's your what's next on your list? Um, you know, next next on my list uh, is the one foot inbounds, uh, making it easier to determine what in fact is a catch uh, by not having to get the you know, the second foot down. One of the interesting things that I, that the XFL pointed out when they announced this rule was that you know, oftentimes injuries can happen by virtue of a player sort of adjusting his body mm-hmm. and trying to get that second foot down. Hat never thought about that before, but it does make a lot of sense that just yeah. getting one foot down allows a player to maintain his balance a little bit better and not suffer some of the injuries um, from sort of awkward falls. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and I just think it makes it more likely that a player is going to make a spectacular catch along the sideline, which, mm-hmm. again, is one of the things as a fan that's most exciting. So to see a player, you know, obviously the grace of being able to get both feet down is really impressive. Um, but being able to get one foot down is no less impressive when those are the rules. Right. Um, you know, many people watch college football. That's the rule there. Uh, I think it's a good continuation of that. I think it's a good rule. I think it'll be cleaner to officiate um, in order, you know, looking at what is what is control of the football, what's making a football move. You know, I think it'll be easier to determine when only looking at getting one foot down as opposed to getting, you know, two feet down. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I listed that among my, my top five. That was my That was my number five. So, yeah, um, funny, that was actually my number five as well. Oh. Um, I put that there. It's a top rule. I mean, I love college football. I, If you give me an option between college or NFL, I'm watching college every day of the week. <laughs> you catch a ball with your hands, not your feet. So that's kind of the equivalent of a soccer player scoring a goal, but their hands have to be in a certain spot. It just doesn't really make sense. You catch it with your hands. I like the one, um, one-foot rule. I feel like a lot of players would like that as well. Makes it not the football is easy, but it makes it a little bit easier to make those big catches and not having to worry about throwing your feet down to um, gain possession. So I think this is going to be cool. Um, so those are the main top rules that round out our top five. We also had some honorable mention ones. What was number one on your honorable mention list? Number one on my honorable mention list was, in fact, uh, the play clock. Um, it was interesting. You know, we looked. We look at these rules. The categories: five gameplay innovations, five timing changes, five common sense rules. I, I will say, I think some of the timing changes really are innovations. You talked about the comeback period, which I think is innovative, um, giving teams a greater a greater chance to come back. I think the play clock is. I mean, it's obviously a smaller innovation, um, shrinking the play clock down to twenty five seconds. But my next honorable mention is player communication. And I think in concert, those two work together really nicely, right? Yeah. You've got a shorter play clock, but you've also got the ability for coaches to communicate with all of the skill uh, skill position players um, via helmet. And yeah, previously just a quarterback, one player on defense. I think we still have one player on defense. But for the offensive players to be able to receive that communication from the coaches instantaneously is going to allow them to get up to the line and get set um, very quickly, again, more plays, less mm-hmm. stall, yeah. more ball. Uh, it's a great it's a great tagline for the XFL, and I, I think they're really, really delivering on it with the rules. So play clock and player communication, I think, uh, alongside the comeback period, which you mentioned, um, all of those speak to that. 
Um, what about you? What's next? Yeah, um, next to me was the kickoff, but going along with what you just said, the XFL did a good job of kind of tying all their rules together. They're not, they're all kind of within the same type of category. Yes, there's gameplay innovations, timing changes, and common sense rules, but the gameplay innovations lead to timing changes, which kind of coincide together. And once coaches get familiar with it, I feel like they're really going to catch on with that, and it's really going to play to their advantage. So speaking of the kickoff, I like the kickoff. I really do. <laughs> um, NFL, it's not the most exciting thing to watch because you just watch guys kicking the first row of the bleachers, and that's what happens. So that kind of distance, the XFL disincentivizes that. What they do, coverage team will line up on 35-yard line as normal, but when the ball is kicked, you can have what is called a major touchback. And if the ball is kicked into the end zone and down, a major touchback, the ball is placed at the return side 35-yard line. So, unlike the NFL, it's not placed at the 25. They are disincentivizing just blasting it into the bleachers and getting the ball to 25 and going with it. So what this is doing, I'm excited for it because it's going to lead to more kick returns. Man, kick returns are exciting. Everybody likes watching those. Like I said, Devin Hester is one of my favorite players growing up. And another thing with the XFL with the safety they are not letting the kicking team release until what is it? Until they, until the ball's touched. Is that the rule? Uh, yeah. So the ball's touched. Is that right? Yeah. So pl- yeah, players can move when the ball is touched by the returner or three seconds after oh, the, the ball kickoff. touches the ground. On the yeah. kickoff, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I was going back to my punting. Uh, yes. But yeah, on the kickoff. Uh, but then obviously the lining up at the the 35 for the kicking team and mm-hmm. the 30 for. The receiving team, I think, changes the game. And Absolutely. to your point earlier, again, the safety. You're not going to get that speed of a 50-yard run-up where that massive collision is going to happen yeah. uh, you know, between the, the kick returner and, and the guys trying to stop the kick returner. Um, it's, it's, I think, a really, really smart innovation in the game to start play from there. But I think, again, it encourages kick returns. So you're, yep. you're reinstituting one of the most exciting plays in the game, but in a way that's safer than what we had had previously in, in any version of football that we've seen. Um, so I think they're really making an effort to, to bring excitement back to the game, but also continue to look at look at safety measures. I think the XFL is really taking a thoughtful approach. And I know, you know, the XFL uh, existed previously. There's an association with, with you know, professional wrestling through, through Vince McMahon. Um, but I really think the league is working to establish some really strong rules that are sound on a number of levels and then improve the fan experience of the game. It's why I personally am really excited to see this thing play out. You mentioned you're a big college fan. I'm not. Um, I hardly ever mm-hmm. watch college football until you know we get to the postseason and I want to see somebody play for a national championship. Then I'm interested. Um, but you know, college football for me doesn't it doesn't doesn't do it for me. I've been an NFL fan, um, you know, for most of my life and and you know enjoy watching uh, that brand of football. But it, it increasingly in recent years. Uh, become disenchanted with the NFL. Yeah. And a major part of that is the rules and the way the game is officiated. Um, and the overtime period has long been a thing that I've been frustrated with. But uh, I'm, I'm excited about the rules of this game, this brand of football uh, brought to us by the XFL. Yeah, so these I, rules are showing that this league is here to stay. It's They have a very, very well laid out set of rules, and I'm excited to see what's to come from it. Yeah, it's it's every Yahoo with a Twitter account. It's like, oh well, how long is it going to last? Is it going to make it through the first year? I think we have. There's more than enough funding to take care of this league this and the TV the agreements. AAF. It's not, and I mean, we love the AAF. 
the spirit of the AF, the 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 emotion, the players, the the teams, the towns, um, all of it. Uh, really, really fun experience being a part of. Um, they didn't have the infrastructure that this league has. Um, I think to to really endure, and I think to make it through three years with the contracts that are in place, um, with you know broadcasting on major networks, uh, the XFL is better positioned to be successful. And I think not to threaten the other leagues, but simply to say this is a viable league. We have real players. I mean, you look at the number of guys from major conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impressive. And to say, you know, this is a brand of football that is different. Yeah. Um, and perhaps better than the brand of football that we've come to know. Um, it's, it's interesting to see what will happen, what innovation uh, will move from this league to the NFL. Um, I really think this is a league and is a movement that could, in fact, change football as we know it, which which is exciting because I think I think football is a game that needs uh, needs a refresher. Uh, uh, as they've tried to make rules to institute player safety, I think it's it's changed the league. We're looking at, you know, there are no kickoff returns. Everybody just kicks the ball out of the end zone. Yeah. It's a waste of my time as a viewer. You know, we spend so much time watching these kickoffs after a touchdown yeah, or beginning of a quarter and a half. Uh, yeah, we're like, oh, I don't need to watch that. Yep. Nothing's going to yeah, happen. The XFL is going to make every play matter. Right. I just, I, you know, as a fan of any sport, I don't want to be in a position where I'm like, well, this play doesn't matter. Mm. I know nothing's going to happen here. Right. As a viewer, no one wants to see that. We, we want to see every play have the potential for something to happen. We want to see leads have the chance to be erased uh, by exciting plays. So, again, I can't, I can't applaud the XFL enough. Where are you? Where are you next? You're at a... So up next for me is replay. And replay, ah. it's not the most exciting thing that happens in football, but it's important to discuss. It made my honorable mention list. So there's no coaches' challenges, unlike the NFL, but everything will go to the replay official who will be stationed in the booth above the field. And I'm hoping this is kind of like the AAF. Was it the Sky Judge? Is that what it was called? The Sky Judge. I, I love- really like the Sky Judge. <laughs> I love the Sky Judge, man. It'll, and it not unlike the NFL where I'm watching and I'm just like, man, there is a fix in this game. Oh. I don't know what the refs are talking about. The I don't poor know. Bills. The poor yeah. Bills. I mean, oh. They got a bug in their ear telling them what to call. With the AAF and the Sky Judge, it allowed us to hear exactly what was happening with the review. <sighs> That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. and it just made it. Oh, there is no fi- there is no way to fix a game when we can hear what the replay official is saying. So I'm hoping the XFL is leaning that direction. They saw uh, yeah. that the Sky Judge was well received. <laughs> so hopefully that's how they're going to go. No, you're absolutely right. That level of transparency, and I almost forgotten, but that level of transparency from the AAF, uh, having the Sky Judge sort of be live and on camera, it was undeniable, right? It was a really authentic process. Mm-hmm. You're listening to an actual discussion between actual human beings <laughs> saying, like, what are, what do you see there? Oh, well, look at this. Oh, but but do you see there his knee is touching the ground? And look at the timing. And there's you can hear a human interaction where there's real thought going in. I think at the end of the replay process in the NFL, you're left going, did they actually see the thing that everyone else saw? Did they talk about it? What happened yeah. under the hood? We don't know. Um, so I agree with you. I really do hope that the XFL emulates some of the transparency that we saw in the AAF because I think it really made, uh, as a fan, I felt connected and I felt like I understood yes. the ruling because you would hear from them, well, I kind of see this, but I don't think it's enough to overturn this uh-huh. call because I also see this. And it made it transparent. It made you able to understand the perception of the person who was viewing the play. Um, and I, I think it's really helpful. Uh, and again, as a viewer, it, it, it meant a lot. 
So what's up for you? What's next? <laughs> next for me, we <laughs> again, maybe a bit surprising, um, but an innovation that I, I really like is the ball spotting official. I know there are chuckles at, at this term. There's been some, some Not from the ball joking. boys out there. Uh, but the ball spotting official, I think, is a really interesting position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many times watching a football game, you're like, oh, that was a horrible spot. I can't believe that. Are they going to challenge it? Are they going to move it? What's going to happen? Oh, they killed him with that spot. And they've got to run a third down play from short yardage when it probably should have been a first down. They don't get it. It's in the first half, and thinks everybody thinks, oh, the game will play out. Mm-hmm. But that ends up being a pivotal play. I think to have one individual official whose sole job is to get the right spot for all that is holy is really important um, and really exciting to think that they could get it right. Further, the notion that there's a replay booth that could decide at any point to say, whoa, the ball spotting official made an egregious error. We are mm-hmm. going to correct this right now. Yeah. Uh, to me, is a big is a big relief. I want to see it happen, but I'm excited to know that those those two things working in tandem with each other could more often get the right spot of the daggone football. <laughs> it just it's maddening to me that we can all watch on TV and go, oh, clearly that's where the ball should be. Yeah. And a half yard, a whole yard, a yard and a half sometimes off from where the spot should be. An official walks over and decides, I'm putting the ball right here, and they run the next play, and it's over, and everybody's screaming. And I imagine every fan watching anywhere that's uh-huh. rooting for that team that just got, you know, cheated out of a couple of yards is really upset, and perhaps the guys on the other side are happy. But uh, I, I think getting it right should be a priority, and I think the XFL, again, is on that trajectory. Absolutely. Yeah, I also like that because not only is it going to get the spot right, but it's going to take less time because we notice – so you have a ref, by the time he spots the ball, 10 seconds have gone off the clock. And if this guy's one job is to spot the ball, his eyes are going to be exactly where it has to go. Ball set, he's done. So let's stall more ball. That's The XFL is really buying into that, and I'm excited for it. So next up on my list was a legal man downfield. That is not a new rule by any means, but it is modified. So as you know, in the NFL, you are um, – sorry, the XFL rule is – no eligible player shall or had been more than three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. We know how that works. NFL, if you are half of a fingernail, they're calling <laughs> it. One yard, right? Yeah, yeah, so this allows for a little bit more um, creative play calling to kind of maybe trick the defense into something. The guy's going a little bit farther than normal. Players aren't used to seeing that. So that's something that could take a little bit of time for the players and coaching staffs to get used to. But I do think it could end up being an important rule because so many fantastic plays in the NFL get ruined <laughs> because a guy's that's, nose was sticking in front of the um, line of scrimmage. I that's, mean, a, that's a really fair point. Yeah, so I like that they that's bumped the really three yards. I, it doesn't – Yeah. to me, no. it just shouldn't have that much of an impact on the play. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm glad you had that honorable mention. I, did, I didn't think as much about that rule, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, in, my, in my fifth spot among the honorable mention of the 15 rules – I had I had the running clock, and we kind of just talked around that issue. Um, but again, nothing more to say other than less stall, more ball. The clock is running. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is moving. And then when you get to the period that's most exciting, that comeback period, um, then the game slows down a little yep. bit, and we're going to see that the, the teams have a chance. Um, so I think that's that's a good rule. Uh, the two we didn't we didn't talk about. We've had one fewer timeout per half per team. Um, and a shorter halftime. So those are the two that got left off. Neither one of us had those two rules on our list. But that's the 15 significant rule changes from the XFL. 
um, that we're really excited to see in action. And I think everybody who's on board with the XFL at this point is excited. And many, frankly, who just a week ago weren't following the XFL heard about these new rules and said, man, I'm really curious about uh-huh. this new league. I want to see it. Now I need to find a team. Obviously, we have a team for you. It's the D.C. Defenders. They're built, I've said it many times, they're built with the rules for this league in uh-huh. mind with tons of speed. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kudos to the XFL. They've done a great job so far of generating curiosity and all the credit go PR departments across the league, teams, anybody involved in this league. So far, it has been fantastic. We're excited, and the season's less than a month away. It's it's hard to believe. It seems like things have sprinted forward from the summer. Uh, this is the Dodd Pod episode two. Less stall, more ball. We'll be back again soon, getting ready for week one. DC Defenders hosting the Seattle Dragons. I've heard reports that the Dragons are taking over the waters along the eastern seaboard. <laughs> the Dragons fans are fired up, but the Defenders, I assure you, are at the ready. Coach Pep Hamilton is going to have these boys ready to play. Can't wait for week one of the XFL. That's it for me. That's it for me as well. This has been the Dodd Pod, episode two. Let's go Defenders.